What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 119, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC Fight Night card going down this Saturday, October 17, 2020, headlined by Brian Ortega versus Korean Zombie. This 11-fight card will take place from Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, aka Fight Island, which means it will take place in the big UFC cage. Last week was a slightly profitable event for me. I profited about 0.8 units on my Bet MMA Tips page and went 8 for 5 in official fight predictions on the podcast last week. In terms of bets for this card, I don't see many spots to jump off the page at me. I will mention a few props and bets that I like throughout the podcast, and I will provide my analysis and predictions as always. But in terms of betting, this card is just not that appealing. So we're going to start things off in the first fight of the night in the bantamweight division, where we have Saeed Nurmagomedov taking on Mark Striegel. The opening betting line for this one was Nurmagomedov minus 365 to Striegel plus 300. Right now, we are seeing over on Bet Online, Nurmagomedov minus 400 to Striegel plus 330. More action coming in on the UFC proven fighter. Saeed Nurmagomedov. He's of course got that infamous last name, although I don't think there's any relation to Khabib actually. So he's going to get more action no matter what. Plus he's actually a pretty proven well-rounded fighter. He's got decent striking skills, very fast kicks on the feet. Saeed has a problem where he tends to throw a lot of spinning strikes, a lot of spinning back fists. I think he actually won a fight by spinning back kick against Ricardo Hamos not that long ago, but in the Hyoni Barcelos fight, he was just throwing so many spinning back fists and it just wasn't having any success. I was really confused why he kept throwing them. And Saeed's also had problems getting taken down in the past. Justin Scoggins was able to take him down and arguably beat Nurmagomedov uh, one rounds, one and two of that fight. And most recently, Hyoni Barcelos was able to take Nurmagomedov down as well. So Nurmagomedov's takedown defense is actually his probably his biggest weakness here. And he is fighting a guy who comes from a wrestling background in Mark Striegel. So based on that alone, the fact that Striegel did wrestle, he has gone for a lot of takedowns in most of his fights. The way he fights is by grappling. He's primarily a grappler. I think that that probably makes his fight dog or pass just because Nurmagomedov's takedown defense is just not up to par to trust him to stuff the takedowns and to look minus 400 here. So I do think that Nurmagomedov stands up from takedowns or avoids the takedowns completely and outstrikes Striegel here and likely wins a decision, but there's no way you could be laying that minus 400 chalk on Nurmagomedov. So leave him out of the parlays. Don't bet this one. I think it's dog or pass. There might be some value on Striegel considering that he's likely going to come out here looking for takedowns and looking to exploit Saeed's biggest weakness. So I think Striegel could be a live dog. I definitely don't knock a play on him at above three to one, but ultimately the pick is going to be Saeed Nurmagomedov by decision. I could see a late knockout along the way too. The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Gadzermad Antigulov taking on Maxim Grishin. The opening betting line for this one was Grishin minus 200 to Antigulov plus 170. Right now we are seeing Grishin minus 350 to Antigulov plus 285. Much more action coming in on the favorite Grishin here, and I actually disagree with the action. I think that where the opening line was set was probably accurate. Antigulov is a really bad fighter. He fights very one-dimensional. He just charges at you, tries to take you down, and if he can't take you down, he usually gasses out pretty quickly. And even when he does take you down, he's not that great from top position. He was able to take down Kudalaba three times. Kudalaba stood up all three times. He took down Paul Craig in his last fight, but was immediately triangled uh, from top position. 
So Antugulov isn't even that great of a grappler, but you know he's going to come at you hard in round one, he's going to come out aggressive, and he's going to attempt a high amount of takedowns. So based on that alone, I think that he can make this fight close with Grishin because Grishin is the better distance striker, no question. When these guys are at punching and kicking range, Grishin should be lighting him up with strikes, but Grishin doesn't have the highest output. He doesn't really pressure opponents and put a pace on them, and he doesn't have the best power. So he's not really the type of guy to just knock out uh, Antigulov on the way in or anything like that. I think that if Grishin outstrikes him and beats him that way, it's going to take a sustained beating, maybe a round or two of striking before. Uh, Antigulov finally gets knocked out. So I think Antigulov will be able to charge in the pocket. He will be able to shoot takedowns. And Grishin tends to struggle with takedowns. He gets pushed against the cage a lot. He struggles getting his back off the cage. A lot of his fights in the PFL were against the cage where he was stuffing takedowns. And we saw him uh, get grinded out against the cage and taken down versus Marcin Tabur in his debut, although that was at heavyweight. But I think the analog is there. Grishin doesn't have great footwork. He tends to get stuck against the cage. He doesn't have the greatest takedown defense. And Antigulov is going to come at him aggressive in round one. He's going to attempt a high amount of takedowns, and I think that Antigulov likely gets out to an early lead. So Antigulov is a pre-fight bet at plus 200, plus 300. I think that's a good bet because if it's not looking so good, if he doesn't get the early takedowns or early finish, you could always live bet Grishin at a better price because I think the fight will be pretty close uh, two or three minutes into this one. So the pre-fight side of this one is Antigulov and look to maybe live bet Grishin here. Uh, in terms of a pure pick goes, I'm going to go with Grishin to get a round two or three knockout. I could even see this one lasting to the decision. Uh, the goes the distance prop on this fight is actually pretty juicy. I think it's at plus 310 or something like that. Uh, Antigulov hasn't gone the distance in a long time, but I just think the way these guys match up, the fact that Grishin doesn't really have that uh, fight ending knockout power, we could see this one actually last to the decision. So I like the fight goes to the to the decision in this fight, and I like a small stab on Antigulov, maybe Antigulov submission round one, maybe even knockout props on Griff Grishin in round two and three. So a lot of different outcomes for this fight, a lot of fun ways to bet this one. I think the best bet personally would probably be Antigulov money line or fight goes to decision. So the official pick is going to be Grishin by round three TKO. The next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We have Ferris Zayam taking on Jamie Malarkey. The opening betting line for this one was Zion minus 235 to Malarkey plus 200. Right now, we are seeing over on Bet Online, the line has flipped. We are now seeing Malarkey minus 140 to Zion plus 120. A ton of action has come in on Jamie Malarkey. That is the right side to be on. I think that where that opening line was set was completely wrong. So if anybody got that plus money on Malarkey, congratulations to you. I think that's a great bet. So Zion is pretty inexperienced in MMA, only has a few years of MMA experience, and hasn't really fought anybody that good. He comes from a kickboxing background. He just doesn't really have the ability to keep the fight at that kickboxing range. He doesn't have the ability to use his footwork and use his boxing to keep it at that kicking and punching range. And that's what Don Madge really exploited in his first fight. Don Madge just charged at Zayam, got a clinch, and just controlled him against the cage, took him down for 15 minutes out of that entire fight. He completely got dominated in his debut, so Malarkey's going to look to exploit that same game plan. Malarkey, not the greatest striker, but he is a pretty solid grappler. He's good at catching kicks, which will be a big factor in this fight because Zayam is going to be throwing kicks a lot, and Malarkey has great ability to catch those kicks and turn them into takedowns. So Zayam is going to be left with pretty much just 
punches and footwork to keep this fight at distance, and I don't think he has good boxing or footwork. So I really like Jamie Malarkey in this fight. I think that he is either going to get Zion to the ground by catching a kick and turning it into a takedown, or just shooting a takedown and getting Zion down like Don Madge did. Zion was pretty good at defending those upper body takedowns, like the upper upper body lock clinch and going for those trips. But when Madge was shooting below the waist, shooting double legs, single legs, Madge was able to get him down a few of those times. So that's what Malarkey's going to be doing here. Shooting takedowns below the waist and likely hitting those takedowns and out grappling Zion here. Even if Malarkey is getting outstruck on the feet, he's just going to keep coming forward and never quits, never gives up, and just keep shooting takedowns like he did in that Brad Riddell fight. He was getting completely dominated in that fight uh, late in round three, getting hurt bad, but still was able to hit a takedown, get a back take, and almost choke Riddell out in round three. So he's got a ton of heart, a lot of grit, and I think that Malarkey is going to win this fight with his takedowns. So Malarkey by submission, or quite frankly, Malarkey money line seems like a good bet to me. I think that he gets out to an early lead with the takedowns and he likely wins this fight uh, via submission or decision uh, and i'm pretty confident in this pick as well the next fight takes place in the middleweight division we have jun young park taking on john phillips the opening betting line for this one was park minus 222 phillips plus 185 right now over on bet online we are seeing park minus 265 to phillips plus 225 i agree with the action coming in on park here I think it's pretty clear that he is the much more well-rounded fighter of the two. John Phillips has notoriously struggled with takedown defense, with submission defense. He's just a very terrible grappler and has never seemed to really learn uh, grappling in his 15 years as a pro MMA fighter. And even in the striking, Phillips is pretty much just a pure boxer, maybe the occasional leg kick, but he's just a very unathletic guy. He's tough. He could take some punishment. But he's just not that skilled of a fighter, and he's pretty much reliant on knockouts, on just getting into crazy brawls where he gets a round one knockout. I'm pretty sure that's how 90% of his victories have came. So unless Park fights really stupid and just engages in a reckless brawl on the feet in round one, I don't think that he loses his fight. If Park mixes it up and uses his better well-rounded game, maybe mixes in his takedown, mixes in the clinch, even in pure boxing, I favor Park pretty heavily. He just has the much cleaner technique. He has a very solid jab, has some real pop in his punches as well. So I think Phillips needs a round one knockout. He needs a brawling type of crazy fight. And I think that Park is smart enough to avoid that, to use his jab, to stay measured on the feet, and then mix it up with the clinch and the takedowns. We saw Park take down Mark andre Bayut, who was a much more well-rounded fighter than Phillips in his last fight. So I'm really trusting Park here. I think that he wins this one pretty uh, clearly, and I think that he likely gets it done by finish as well. Probably going to be a round three finish. Could see a submission just because Phillips is so weak on the ground, very hard to knock out, and I think that uh, we likely see a, a round two, round three finish from Park here. The next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division. We have Jillian Robertson taking on Poliana Botello. The opening betting line for this one was Robertson, the favorite, at minus 235 to Botello, plus 200. Right now, we are seeing Robertson minus 208 to Botello, plus 178. More action coming in on the dog, Botello, here. And I think I agree with that action. Botello at 2-1 to one was a pretty solid bet. I think this fight will be a little bit closer than the odds predict. Robertson is a fun fighter. She gets a lot of finishes. I think all five of her UFC wins have come by finish, actually. 
but she's a bit of a one-dimensional fighter and that dimension is grappling she loves hitting takedowns has solid wrestling she's got good top control good submissions really good at keeping her opponents down once they stay down so I'm pretty confident in the fact that Botello is the better striker. Her striking is not that pretty. Her footwork is kind of all over the place, but she throws pretty hard kicks, and she's good at hitting offensive takedowns in her own. She was able to hurt Lauren Mueller with a body kick, hit takedowns on her, keep top position, kind of grind her out in the clinch and win two out of three of those rounds. But but when it came down to round three of that fight, she was getting beat up badly. She was kind of bloody and getting hit with a lot of punches from Mueller. So she was lucky that she won the first two rounds of that fight. She kind of gassed out in round three. So that's going to be a thing to consider here. Uh, Robertson is, I think, the better cardio fighter of the two. She was able to finish Courtney Casey deep in round three of her last fight. So she's able to go the full 15 minutes, even though she hasn't officially won by decision in her UFC career. This fight is really going to come down to takedowns and how well Botello can stuff the takedowns and get up off of her back versus Robertson. Botello was able to stuff some takedowns from Pearl Gonzalez. She stuffed the takedown or two from Calvillo. And I think a lot of people are going to look at the Calvillo fight and say, oh, she got submitted by Calvillo. Um, she'll probably get submitted here. But that was off of a caught kick. Botello threw a kick. Calvillo caught it, turned it into a takedown, got top position, and got a submission. I don't think it's going to be quite that easy for Robertson here. I think she probably struggles with getting the early takedown. Botello might stuff the first few attempts, but eventually Robertson is going to get Botello down and likely start to outgrapple her and probably find a finish somewhere along the line. I think Robertson probably gets it done by finish in round three. But to be honest, those bets at 2-1, to one, even at plus 175 right now, I think they're pretty solid bets. It's definitely dog or pass in my opinion because Botello could end this fight at any time with one of her really powerful body kicks. That southpaw body kick has hurt a lot of women. That could end the fight in round one. We could see Botello maybe mix it up and get her own takedown in round one. Or maybe Botello was able to stuff the takedowns, avoid getting uh, put on her back in round one, and win via the striking. So I think that Botello has a good round one upside here. I think that if she has a chance in this fight it will be pretty evident within the first few minutes so that leads me to believe it's going to be more of a live betting spot if you want to bet Julian, Jillian Robertson here so probably stay away from the Robertson money line maybe bet round two round three props because that's when I probably think the cardio and grappling advantage takes over Robertson and she gets that finish but in the first few minutes of this fight I expect it to be close and I think the Botello has a good shot as a dog here the next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We have Matush Gamrot taking on Garam Kudaledzi. The opening betting line for this one was Gamrot minus 305 to Kudaledzi plus 225. Right now we are seeing Gamrot minus 300 to Kudaledzi plus 250. I'm just going to call him Kuda for short. Both of these guys are really exciting prospects, really excited that the UFC signed them. It's kind of unfortunate they're getting matched up against one another because I think they both could honestly have long-term success in the UFC. I'll start with sharing my thoughts on Kuda first. He's a very fun and exciting fighter, gets in a lot of crazy brawling type of exchanges. Not the smartest approach to fights, but he does seem to be very tough. He can take a shot. He's very hard to finish. And his striking technique is pretty solid. He's got crisp boxing. He's got a very hard leg kick. It just seems like he doesn't have the greatest defense and he tends to fight a little bit beneath his le uh, his level of skill at times. But in terms of his grappling, I, I was pretty impressed with his well-rounded skills as well. He can hit offensive takedowns and keep top position. He has good leg lace control to keep top. 
He can stuff some takedowns as well, and I, when I have seen him taken down, he has ability to escape bottom, to use sweeps and submissions to get off of his back. So Kudaledzi is very well-rounded. I'm excited to see what he can do in the UFC, but unfortunately for him, he is running into another extremely well-rounded fighter. I think the more polished fighter of the two, he's got a little more high-level experience in Matush Gamrot coming over from the KSW promotion. Was really impressed with the striking I saw from him on tape. He's got crisp boxing from both stances, and he has great defensive boxing. He can slip punches, weave under punches. He can come back and counter. He punches to the body a lot. I mean, he's really one of the highest level MMA boxers I've ever seen. Now, that was against uh, Norman Park. It was against the KSW competition. So he does have a lot to prove here uh, in, at the highest level in the UFC. It's not like Gamrot has been completely flawless on tape. The one fight where he actually did struggle a little bit was the Zalowski fight. He was struggling with the reach and the length of Zalowski. He was eating a few jabs from him and really needed to mix it up with his takedowns and his top game. Had good cardio, good uh, instinct to go for those takedowns. So Gamrot is very well-rounded. He can hit takedowns, great takedown defense. He's got good cardio. He's been adjusted to fighting those full five rounds. So he's a very skilled fighter, a championship-level fighter, and another promotion so really excited to see how he transitions here now getting down to how these two match up and how I think the fight will go I think that on the feet Matush Gamrot is going to be a little cleaner he's going to be landing the jab in Kuda's face but that's not going to discourage Kuda Kuda is going to be tough and aggressive and keep coming forward and an interesting dynamic in this fight is Kuda I think has more knockout power than Gamrot does Gamrot kind of likes to win fights over decisions he's in no rush to finish he's just content to pick his apart uh, his opponents apart over time stay defensively sound and win the fight over a long period of time but with a dangerous guy like Kuda who has power in both hands that's a dangerous strategy the grappling in this fight will be very close as well I've seen well-rounded grappling skills from both of these guys I don't think that Kuda is going to be easy to out grapple if Gamron doesn't get things going on the feet so Kuda is going to be a tough challenge for Gamron everywhere here I think that Gamron is a little bit better everywhere though so he's the better striker and the better grappler overall he just fights in a lot safer and cleaner way so I agree that Gamron should be a favorite here probably a 65% favorite minus 200 would be appropriate but the odds are pretty much minus 300 for Gamron so the value in this fight is on Kuda Ledzi I think he will fight for your money very tough durable aggressive guy he has that knockout power to end the fight at any time and i think that he will just be in gamrot's face making this fight competitive no matter where it goes so it's dog or pass the official prediction for me is going to be matush gamrot by decision but i think this fight is going to be much closer than the odds indicate but really high level fight this fight could be a main event in some other promotions and i'm really excited to see what these guys do in their debuts and i hope they stay in the ufc uh, for a long time to come the next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Jonathan Martinez taking on Thomas Almeida. The opening betting line for this one was Almeida minus 192, Martinez plus 136. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Almeida minus 134 to Martinez plus 114. More action coming in on the underdog, Jonathan Martinez, and I was actually a part of that action. I bet Jonathan Martinez at the opening price of plus 165 for one unit over on Bet Online. I thought those odds were wide, and I guess the market agrees because it has come down a pretty significant amount. This fight is at featherweight. Both of these guys are career-long bantamweights, but just deciding to move up to featherweight here on short notice. 
Almeida was the one training for a fight, training to fight uh, Turbo Perez, and Martinez is the one coming in to replace Perez on short notice. So theoretically, Almeida should have a bit of an advantage here in terms of cardio and preparation, but the fight being at 145 kind of evens the playing field a little bit. Uh, neither guy will have to cut much weight, and it's a really interesting dynamic between these two because Almeida is coming off of a very long layoff. A 33-month layoff to be exact. And even before that, Almeida was just facing some struggles in the UFC. When he first got in the UFC, he was fighting lower-level competition. He had that kind of crazy brawling style. It wasn't really too defensively sound, but he was knocking opponents out in flashy fashion. And once Almeida started to fight better fighters, they started to be able to take advantage of that sloppy defense and were able to start countering him, hurting him with shots. And then we started to see Martinez get hurt in a lot of his fights. He got briefly dropped in the Brad Pickett fight. He got dropped twice in the uh, fight versus Jimmy Rivera in round one. He was dropped and knocked out versus Cody Garbrandt in round one. And then he also got dropped and knocked out by Rob Font in his most recent fight. So he's been taking a lot of damage in his recent in fights and Almeida's grappling has never really been tested but from the few brief exchanges I saw in the Burchak fight and in the Morales fight he shows some problems in terms of defensive grappling but I don't think that's going to come into factor here. Martinez is not really the offensive grappling type although he has hit takedowns and kept top position uh, when he fought Willigi Buren. But I imagine most of this fight will take place on the feet, and it's going to be a very competitive matchup between these two. I think that fight ends by knockout is probably a good bet here because we could see an early knockout from Almeida, very dangerous in the early rounds, good power early, and we could see an accumulated damage knockout from Martinez because Almeida's chin is not really up to par. He's coming off that long layoff, and Martinez has just been so much more active. He's gotten tons of wins in that time, fighting better and better guys. We've seen the improvements Martinez has made throughout his UFC career and he has some real pop in his punches as well I'm sure moving up to weight is going to put a little more power in his strikes and it's going to be really interesting to see how these guys match up at 145 maybe we see Almeida's chin a little bit improved now that he's not cutting down that weight to 135 that's a little bit of a less of a concern on the terms of Almeida but I think the line is pretty much accurate here I think Almeida should be a slight favorite he is the more skilled fighter, the more skilled striker, but that long layoff, that chin of his, and that so many questions and so many susceptibilities uh, Almeida has in his fighting style, I could not be betting him as a favorite. So that's why I was on Martinez at that early dog price. Where it's at now is probably favor to pass in my opinion. I think that if you want to be betting Martinez, then just wait until halfway through round one. Wait until the end of round one. See how Almeida's doing. Maybe Almeida's slowing. He's looking rusty. That's when you get in your uh, your bet on Martinez. But where it's at now, I think it's probably Almeida or pass. I do have one unit on Martinez at plus 165. And in terms of a pure pick, I'm going to ride with my guy who I'm betting on. I think I'm going to go with Martinez to get a round two or three knockout. I'll probably go with round three knockout as my official prediction, but I'm just trusting the, the youth, the athleticism, and the activity of Martinez here. And I think he's going to get the job done by round three knockout. Not the most confident pick because it is such a competitive uh, fight, but this should be a real fun one. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Claudio Silva taking on James Krause. The opening betting line for this one was Krause, a slight favorite at minus 115 to Silva, minus 105. Right now we are seeing Krause minus 155 to Silva, plus 135. More action coming in on the slight favorite, James Krause, and I agree with that action. 
Silva has major inactivity problems. He only has three fights in the past six years, and he's a pretty one-dimensional fighter. He doesn't have good striking offense or defense. He's just very reliant on his grappling. He has solid takedowns, not the greatest wrestling, but when he gets you on the ground, he has pretty good top control, very aggressive with pursuing submissions, but... I think he's kind of a submission-reliant grappler. I don't think he's the type of guy to keep top position and to win rounds with his top game. He really likes attacking submissions, going for submissions at any angle, and he might even lose position some of the times while going for those submissions, which is not what you want to see. Especially against another experienced grappler, the more well-rounded fighter, the better experienced fighter in James Krause. And James Krause's career at 170 has been fighting a lot of older jiu-jitsu Brazilian guys like Alves and like Marias, and he did pretty well dealing with them. And I think that Silva is a little bit better than both of those guys I just mentioned, but I still think that Krause will have the much better striking on the feet. He should be able to outstrike Silva at will, probably hurt him with some strikes at some point, just because Silva's defense is not good, his chin doesn't look great, he was getting hurt by Danny Roberts on the feet. So the fight really comes down to if Kraus can stuff takedowns, if he can avoid getting stuck on his back, and even if he does get stuck on his back, it's not like game over from there. It's not like Silva has incredible top game like that because Danny Roberts was on bottom a few times and was able to reverse position when Silva was going for bad submissions. When Silva was attacking arm triangle, Roberts was able to time a few good bumps and was able to reverse the position. So Kraus will not be out of his realm at all on the ground. He's a very skilled grappler. He will not be overwhelmed by the top position of Silva and I think that even if he does get taken down he will work his way back up to the feet not get submitted and just proceed to outstrike Silva likely have the better cardio push a pace down the line and likely win this fight by finish in rounds two or three so I don't think Silva has much outside of his takedowns in his top game he is dangerous with his submissions no question but I think that submissions are really the only way he can win the fight which is why he is the rightful underdog here so the more action that comes in on Silva, I think that Kraus could get more appealing. I think that at this price, Kraus is becoming bettable. And Kraus will probably be a better live bet though, honestly, because once we see Kraus stuff one takedown or once we see him get up from a takedown, I think that we'll know that he is safe. And it'll be pretty evident within the first two to three minutes whether Silva has a chance of getting those takedowns. So Kraus will probably be a live betting spot for me. I think he does stuff the takedowns, avoid getting stuck on his back and submitted and outstrikes and eventually leads to a knockout here. So the pick for me is going to be James Kraus by round three finish. Could see Silva lasting to a decision just because Kraus isn't the hardest hitter, the best finisher, but I really do think that the cardio will probably give out on Silva and Kraus will take over late in this fight. So pretty confident in Kraus here, but he will likely be a live bet for me and uh, no action pre-fight on this one yet. The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Modestus Bukalkis taking on Jimmy Crute. The opening betting line for this one was Crute minus 182, Bukakis plus 155. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Crute minus 305 to Bukakis plus 255. So going into Bukakis' debut, I was a bit underwhelmed with him. Didn't think his striking was that great. A lot of his knockouts were over pretty low-level guys. And his takedown defense was a pretty glaring hole in his game. He got taken down by a lot of his opponents. And in his UFC debut, I think he was losing that fight. He was getting outboxed by Misha Diaz. He was getting leg kicked and just got a lucky 
Travis Brown elbow at the end of the round. Misha Diaz was not able to continue. It was some weird, crazy outcome. But I think that over 15 minutes, we would have seen Misha Diaz outstrike Bukakas, keep hitting that leg kick, keep hitting those uh, punches on Bukakas, and probably hitting takedowns at some point too. So on the feet, I do expect Bukakas to be a slightly better striker than Jimmy Crute, but Crute is pretty aggressive. He has improving striking. He's a really good athlete, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw new uh, facets to his game. Like He showed pretty good striking versus Sam Alvey. That kind of came out of nowhere. He could just build on that here. Uh, hit leg kicks and look to outbox uh, Bukakis here because Bukakis is striking. His leg kick defense is really bad, along with his takedown defense. I see why Jimmy Crute's a three to one favorite here, especially because Jimmy Crute has really seemed to come into his own as a grappler. He shoots takedowns in round one. He's aggressive with the takedowns. He's got heavy top control, good ground and pound attack submissions, and he's just a very heavy top guy uh, when he's grappling. So I think that he probably takes the path of least resistance here, hits takedowns, and uh, submits Bukaka somewhere somewhere along the line but if crew does not get it done in round one look to live bet Bukakis here because Round two and round three, I think that Bukakis could have a cardio advantage. Krut could expend himself early looking for a finish. And when discussing this fight with some friends, we were we were thinking that the draw has some pretty good value in this fight as well. I think that we could see Krut win rounds one and two with grappling and then be tired and get 10-8 in round three. We could see Krut jump up to an early lead with a 10-8 in round one, then get tired and lose the last two rounds. So I think a draw is on the table here. So that might be a, a small bet if you guys have access to that one. But Ultimately, I do think that Jimmy Crute probably gets those takedowns and leads to a submission. He's just so aggressive and heavy on top that I think that he probably will get a finish somewhere along the line if he gets that top position. So the pick for me is going to be Jimmy Crute round one submission. Uh, I think that prop uh, round one sub for Crute has some value. Maybe uh, Bukakis uh, round two, round three TKO if you want to mess around with some props. But I haven't really seen enough to trust a Bukakis or to bet on him yet. So uh, the pick for me is Crute submission here. The next fight is the co-main event of the evening in the women's flyweight division. We have Jessica Andrade taking on Caitlin Chukagian. The opening betting line for this one was Andrade minus 192, Chukagian plus 165. Right now we are seeing over on Bet Online Andrade minus 151 to Chukagian plus 131. More action coming in on the underdog Caitlin Chukagian, and I agree with that action. Jessica Andrade is making her 125-pound debut here. Chukagin is going to be at a pretty massive size advantage. She is 8 inches taller and 6 inches longer than Andrade here. So that's going to be a really interesting dynamic here. And I think this fight kind of relies on how Jessica Andrade approaches it. Because if we get the old Andrade where she is marching forward, throwing big hooks, looking for takedowns, really... uh, utilizing her grappling and heavy top game. I think that that Andrade has a great chance to win the fight and probably does find a way to beat Caitlin Chukagian. But if we see the Andrade that we saw last fight versus Thug Rose Nama Yunus, I don't think that that Andrade has as good of a chance because in that fight, Andrade was trying to fight smarter. She was trying to fight behind a jab. She was trying to slip punches and actually avoid getting hit for the first time in her career. And she did a decent job at it, but she just wasn't having much success in rounds one and two. Now, when Thug Rose got tired in round three, Andrade started pressuring her, landing hard strikes, and was really close to a 10-8 round and earning a draw in that fight. Andrade came on really hard in round three, and it finally looked like she realized, like, oh, this is my fighting style. This is how I am good. I shouldn't try to complicate things and, uh, you know, compete above my level. 
Because when Andrade is just that that juggernaut, when she's just coming at you with her hands down and throwing big bombs, she's eating punches on the way in, but she lands way harder. She's one of the, the hardest hitting females in the sport. And I think that that could be a path to victory for her here. If Chukagin is just pumping out that jab and those front kicks, Andrade is going to march forward, rip shots to the body, rip head hooks, and look for takedowns. And that's the way Andrade wins. So if Andrade is aggressive and comes in with the right game plan, I think that she could justify being the favorite here but from a pure betting standpoint i think that the value is on caitlin chukagian here i'm actually a bit surprised that she's still sitting as the underdog she is a much cleaner striker i think she'll have the more effective and consistent offense and she has pretty solid takedown defense not easy to take down don't let the last fight against shevchenko confuse you and even chukagian as an offensive grappler against antonina shevchenko showed how skilled she is in the match chukagian can hit takedowns can keep top position and i think that the grappling between these two could be really close in terms of pure pickos in this one, I'm going to go with Caitlin Shukagan to pull off the upset victory and win by a close 29-28 decision. Very similar to my pick of Andrade's last fight. I thought that Rose would win 29-28. That's exactly how it went, although you could argue that fight was a draw, honestly. That's how much damage Andrade did in round three. So again, the fight really comes down to how Andrade approaches it. Whether she tries to fight on the outside, fight smart and calculated like she did in rounds one and two versus Rose, or she goes back to that aggressive wild brawler style like she did in round three so the fight really depends on Andrade here i think that she will probably dictate the pace of this one but i think that chukagian will deal with that challenge well will be jabbing will be leg kicking using her length and reach to outstrike Andrade to avoid getting taken down and win this fight by a close decision so the pick for me is going to be chukagian haven't locked in any bets yet although i am picking her as an underdog but Look on my official bet MMA tips page to see where I end up in my official bets for the card tomorrow. So that is going to take us to the main event of the evening, which takes place in the featherweight division. We have Brian Ortega taking on Chan Sung Jung and the Korean Zombie. The opening betting line for this one was Jung minus 210 to Ortega plus 180. Right now we are seeing Jung minus 185 to Ortega plus 160. Two-way action coming in on this fight. I think a little more action is coming in Ortega's way considering he opened plus 180, is now plus 160. But there's definitely two-way action in this fight. Really fun, exciting fight. Ortega is coming off of almost a two-year layoff. His last fight was against the champion at the time, Max Holloway. He suffered a pretty life-changing beating in that fight. It'll be interesting to see how he recovered from that. But honestly, I'm glad to see he took a lot of time off because... I mean, he absorbed like 250 punches to the head in that fight in just 20 minutes. I mean, that could really be a lifetime worth of damage for Brian Ortega. So I hope he is the same fighter as he was before that happened, because before that, he was a really fun, exciting fighter. I actually had a lot of fun rewatching Brian Ortega's fights. My opinion of him was kind of uh, low, honestly, just like a lot of people's was. He had that two-year layoff. He maybe pulled out of a fight or two because of surgery. And then his last fight, the last time we saw him, he was getting beat into a pulp so it's very uh, reasonable to understand why brian ortega's stock is low right now so with his stock being low right now i think that ortega could be getting a little disrespected in the betting line here with him sitting as this high of an underdog i think this fight could be a lot closer than the line indicates now going into the week i was actually picking korean zombie here and then after i did the tape study after i rewatched a lot of ortega fights i rewatched zombies past few fights i actually completely changed my mind and i'm now picking brian ortega to win this fight 
One of the things that turned me off of Korean Zombie here was kind of realizing how reliant on that round one knockout power that he is. Zombie has had four fights since he came back from his military service, so four fights in the past four years or so, and three of those fights have ended via round one knockout for him, and the only one that went out of the round one was that loss, of course, to I.I. Rodriguez, and he was winning the majority of that fight. He was likely on his way to winning a decision before getting knocked out in the last possible second, but there still are some things to learn from that fight, and Korean Zombie, you know, made a terrible decision by rushing in in a fight that he was winning and leaving himself vulnerable for that knockout blow. I mean, it was a pretty fluky shot, but make no mistake, Korean Zombie made a critical error by engaging in that brawl that late in that fight. Another thing to look at in that fight is where the fight was fought at. It was fought at this weird distance where they were both standing flat-footed, they were standing at distance, and they were just kind of agreeing to strike at this weird range. They weren't pressuring each other, they weren't stringing combinations together, they were just like resetting, exploding with big combinations, and then resetting at this weird long range where they're both kind of just staring at each other flat-footed. That's not going to be this fight at all. Brian Ortega does not fight that way. He actually is a pretty good pressure volume striker. Now, I kind of forgot this after seeing his past few fights, after seeing him lose to Holloway, but when he is at his best, I think, is when he is marching opponents down on the feet, using his toughness, his durability to march you down, and to throw a high amount of strikes to dig to the body well. He can throw combination punches. He's got solid boxing. He can mix it up with some elbows to counter his opponents, and Brian Ortega is a lot better of a striker than I once originally thought. So when Korean Zombie is getting pressure, when he's being put on the back foot, he is not nearly as good of a striker as when he is when he's flat-footed or when he's in round one, when he's full charged to power. We just have not seen Korean Zombie tested that much in the past four years. The times when he has been pressured and put on the back foot was versus Dennis Bermudez, and he didn't look that good. He looked a little bit vulnerable. I mean, that was off of a four-year layoff, but still, that's really the only time when we've seen Zombie pressured in the past four years. Of course, the Moicano fight only lasted a minute. Uh, he nuked Frankie Edgar in the first 30 seconds or so, so we didn't get to see much of that fight play out. So I think this fight will look a lot different than Korean zombies past four fights have it's going to be a dogfight a back and forth dogfight where i think cardio and pace is going to come into pressure uh, into play a lot and i give that advantage to brian ortega so the Korean Zombie's best chance to win this fight is going to be by his round one knockout. Maybe he tests the chin of Ortega early. Maybe hope that Ortega has some durability issues after that uh, Holloway knockout. But if the fight goes into the rounds two, three, and four, I think that I'm going to start to favor Ortega in those later rounds. I'm going to start to favor the youth, athleticism, pace, pressure, durability of Ortega in those later rounds to start walking Korean Zombie down throwing and landing more strikes. And of course, Brian Ortega, always in his back pocket, has that great jiu-jitsu arsenal of him. He can snatch submissions from the feet, from the clinch. He can hit his own offensive takedowns and snatch uh, submissions in transition. And Korean Zombie is a very skilled grappler. We haven't seen it in a long time. Some of his early WEC fights, early UFC fights featured a lot of grappling. You have to rewatch them to really appreciate how good of a grappler he is. But he's going uh, to be familiar with those submission exchanges, but I do expect Brian Ortega to be the better grappler and to be able to submit uh, Korean Zombie if it does end up in some sort of a grappling transition, grappling scramble, or if Brian Ortega is, is able to get that front headlock of his where he's so good with those anacondas, darces, guillotines, uh, arming guillotines, he can transition to the triangle from there. I mean, he's an incredible grappler with a massive arsenal of submissions.
So this really is just an amazing fight. I really can't wait for this one on Saturday night. Great main event. I think that I'll start to favor Korean Zombie early. I think the first round definitely favors him. But if Brian Ortega is able to make it out of the first three to five minutes in this fight, I will be looking to live bet Ortega here. Might even end up with a pre-fight bet on Ortega because I do think the pre-fight value is on the dog Ortega here. And I think that if he does survive that early onslaught, that early power storm from Zombie, he has a great chance to take over this fight and win it late so early on in the week once again i was picking korean zombie but after doing my tape study for this event i have switched my pick to brian ortega i think his stock is low right now because of the long layoff and because he got beat up last fight but i think this is a much different matchup a pretty favorable matchup for brian ortega and i think he survives that early storm and is able to break down korean zombie late and get a round three or four finish is going to be my official prediction so the official prediction let's go with Ortega round four TKO kind of a bold prediction not the submission I'm going to go with the TKO for Brian Ortega Um, so that is going to do it for all my picks and analysis for this podcast only have one official bet so far which is uh, Jonathan Martinez at plus 165 so look over on my bet MMA tips page on my Twitter in the YouTube description to find all my official bets for the event so thank you all for listening hope you all win some bets this weekend and i will see you next week before ufc 254 peace